That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. And I am Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a minute-by-minute breakdown of Zack Snyder's Dawn of Justice. We have reached minute 14 of the movie, and as I'm sure anyone looking at their uh, podcast player will recognize, this is a longer episode than usual. So I will say that ahead of time to maybe uh, ration this out, because I expect the the next one's to not be quite so long. This is kind of the first minute of the movie where we're doing a lot of uh, establishing of not only the the political themes and kind of the the ideas that the movie's going to be wrestling with, but probably the reason we we spoke at length about them is these are the elements that I know we have probably seen discussed the least. Yeah, well, and when you're talking about sort of the cornerstones of what this movie is about yeah. and and why the questions that it asks matters and sort of the significance of where everything ends up going. While this minute doesn't answer any of those questions and doesn't even really present them all on the nose, yeah. the principles um, and policies, no, the, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the concepts that those are all, all those questions are built on are, are touched on here uh, for the first time. Yeah. And while we may not necessarily call back to that moment in Africa mm-hmm. every single episode, you know, now that we've covered Batman's backstory and we've covered the existence of Kryptonite, you know, and we're all we're all kind of caught up in backstory. Now this is really where this movie starts. Yeah. And and these are the the topics we'll be grappling with for, you know, the next 170 minutes. Another minute with Jimmy. Let's savor it as we enter minute 15. With, you know what, one of the more underrated members of the cast, uh, Sammy Rotibi, as Amajog, who we finally meet. The suspense has been killing me. <laughs> so let's get... Yeah, wh- <laughs> why isn't he allowing pictures? Well, we're about to find yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Let us begin. Who's paying for these security contractors, General? Who pays for the drones that pass over our heads at night? One question begs another. Yes? Say what you're saying, General. It's just a camera. I guess we can cover Jimmy's storyline in this first, probably because the Lois Amajonic stuff is a bit headier. But um, yeah, I, I think this is the first time that we see the tattoos on yeah this man's hands, which which adds another element to the private military contractor. Right? Maybe it is just my experience with movies that I immediately thought, oh, this guy's this is Russian mafia. Yeah, clearly. Well. And I don't know if you picked up anything from these, but my immediate thought looking at them, well, I had I had two thoughts. One was the close-up of his hands is, I've been noticing that uh, Zack Snyder really likes his hands, his close-ups of hands. Yeah. Which I think is something he actually shares with Nolan. Um, it's not not an mm. uncommon thing, but uh, he hey, very much... Hey, Nolan, thank you for bringing him back. <laughs> there, oh, there's our, there's our Dark Knight connection. Yeah. But yeah, lots of... Um, lots of Shots of Snyder's hands. That's actually our on our our, our Twitter uh, banner. I think is the picture of the yep. Bruce picking up KGB's phone, and uh, which is actually Snyder's hand for that for that shot. These but don't here we appear get the to hands. Be. <laughs> no, they do not. Well, he's got tattoos. Not not these tattoos. Yeah. Do you know what 
any of these tattoos are. Could you get anything from that? I, I took a brief look at them. I believe there was the uh, one of them was it was either I think it was the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones were I Googled uh, Russian mafia hand tattoos. <laughs> oh, perfect. And okay. a lot of them were so similar and hard for me to discern the difference that I thought, well, hopefully there is an in-depth explanation coming someday or, or someone who has more, uh, you know, like the Cyrillic alphabet, more experience yeah. than me can, can put it together. It's not the last we'll see of his tattoos, but they, they shout to me, this is not a soldier. Like, oh yeah. You know what I mean? We're not supposed to understand that this is a. Well, he's got an eagle on his, like, across exactly. his jugular. Or I don't like know if we a, see that just yet, but. Or, a, or, um, a marine. You know, it, it would it would read differently. I think that we are supposed to see this character as a military contractor, but with the way that Lois is bringing up America, I think that we're supposed to not necessarily think that this person is here representing the United States. Yeah, well, in in especially in movies, the the tattoos that like soldiers get are are way more kind of American style. If it's not like an American flag or whatever, you've yeah. got like like these look almost almost prison tattoo like or you know these were not done in, a, in like a tattoo shop yeah and the first one on the back of his hand that grabs the camera is one yeah. that is most easily identifiable as not just a standard military tattoo yeah yeah exactly and then i believe the the minute with jimmy ends as you said with the film being exposed wink <laughs> and the i'll give it up for michael Casty. i think it's moving in the next minute but his the eye work he's doing when uh when this this military contractor and him clearly both understand what is actually happening mm-hmm. um, is exceptional. Well, and then this this part also has has been highly talked about because he pulls out he pulls out the camera and he he goes straight for the film like he knows what he's looking for exactly in kind of a weird way as if that's like a standard place to to hide a a tracker. Yes. Like he's gonna assume it's in the in the camera. He's almost, gonna assume it's in the almost as if he knows exactly what he's looking for. Because there's no delay either, right? As soon as he's in there, he immediately has his eyes locked. Yeah, he doesn't frisk him. He doesn't like. People, a lot of people made fun of that. It's literally a. It's inside the film canister, and it's a, it's got a blinking light on it, and it's actually making beeping <laughs> yeah, noises. I think that is in the next minute, but that is absolutely the payoff because this minute actually kind of ends on the button of Jimmy's eyes flitting from the film to the eyes of him uh, having now focused in on the film canister. Uh-huh. So I think we'll have to we'll have we'll leave a pin in that. For now, the the far more I mean obviously for us we're we're Jimmy heads from like way back, but <laughs> the probably more plot and theme relevant side of this conversation is Lois and Amajog starting with the clear you know applause line uh to him saying they didn't tell me the interview was with a lady to which lois lane replies i'm not a lady i'm a journalist yes so and the i I mentioned before that it reminded me of her i get uh writer's block i'm not wearing a flak jacket quote from man of steel and this is all very like if you liked lois Mm -hmm. and her punchy dialogue in in man of steel this is very much a continuation of that yeah and and to his credit he seems to know who he's dealing with from that point on too. Yeah. The the conversation that they get into. It's interesting that the you said the the first line that opens is her asking, Are you a terrorist? Which automatically 
implies the it implies like a perspective that is kind of inherent to what's going on here yeah well and it it's it's so thematically relevant right like that's that's maybe what batman is asking of superman yeah uh, when he watches what he's doing he says that to the question of whether he's a terrorist or not what i am is a man with nothing except a love of my people yeah and as if that justifies whatever he does in the name of yeah that love. And that is – it's an interesting – to have this character introduce the idea of a man with nothing who mm -hmm. we are looking at as like, is this bravado? Is this false martyrdom, you know, or, or false piety? Like, oh, I have nothing but a love for my people is like – that's so cheesy. That's something that like a typical terrorist in a movie would say. Mm -hmm. It's So it is interesting to me. Because as the conversation goes on, he seems to reveal more intelligent comments that make me reconsider, if, is this actually how he is legitimately seeing himself? Whether it's accurate or a delusion or not, I mean, she, uh, Lee Lois specifies that there is a civil war going on to which the United States has pledged neutrality. We're staying out of it on both policy and principle, which is a, a great introduction to the, the idea of the difference between both, right? What we do and whether yeah. we agree with it. Right. And um, that's when he, he goes into his question of, you know, Lois points out, why are there military contractors here in what is supposed to be a civil war that the world is staying out of? I think that's where we get that kind of payoff to these soldiers not looking like they are wearing an American flag. You know, that he points out the drones overhead, right? I mean, we're, we're meant to assume that's probably America or the West keeping an eye on. So what's the difference between getting involved and monitoring it? We're going to find out that obviously they are getting involved here, but that's where he drops his line. One question begs another. Yes. If you were going to write out the thesis for this movie as it treats superheroes and Batman and Superman, that would be one of the three sentences. Yeah. It, it's the answers. He doesn't give her an answer. He's just saying – he's implying that like when you start down what you are trying to do here, there is no one party. Like we're, we're talking about perspective automatically. I'm not saying that one perspective is correct and one is not. Yeah. Well, yeah. As he's saying, it's it's a chicken or egg is really – it's, it, you know, what came first, the drones or the terrorists. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's It's – again, we've mentioned before, this is going to be – it's hard for me to put myself into the political landscape of when this movie came out, but I do feel like from the script to the direction, this scene is intended to speak decades on either side of it. Yeah. I am not an American, so when – well, bombshell, minute 14, guys, <laughs> um, if you haven't heard it already. Why do you hate America, Dice? Yeah. <laughs> Lois puts forward you know, this, this idea that America, even in this civil war, can stay out of it. And he says, what is the, these pious American fictions spoken like truth. Mm -hmm. I feel like now more people within America would probably know that political messages are inherently spin yeah. in one way or another. It would be so fascinating for people to experience this movie for the first time this year instead of in 2016. There's just more ready to be called on, right? In your like short term yeah. memory. Well, you, I, yeah, I can't. I can't figure out if may, and maybe people wouldn't react very differently, but it's it's kind of kind of shocking how a lot of these questions maybe are more I don't want to say more relevant, but maybe more front of mind now, that, or you have reason to think about them more. Yeah, than you did when when the movie came out. And there's a lot of inferences, like political inferences, in the movie that would generate 
headlines now because it would be almost a, a two on the nose call out to certain things. Whereas at the time, a lot of these things weren't as as significant like ongoing dialogues, and um, and so you know some people pulled it out and pointed it out, but there's also it kind of just went over a lot of people's heads that it was drawing a parallel to to things that had happened or were happening or are continuing to happen. Always happen in every country. Yeah, that engages in international, you know, politics. Yeah, well, and ask that. Yeah, and and sort of the the one question begs another approach. When it comes to the whole sort of geopolitical situation here, yeah, it's very much a when, where do you, it's the question of, of Superman mm-hmm. too, right? Like what does he get involved in and when does he say, when does he say enough? Jumping forward to another minute, that's a, a they ask that same question, but in, you know, they rephrase it in terms of Superman to be, we could have, Superman could have oh, yeah, saved your child, but on principle, we preferred we, him and, not act. Yeah, exactly. But, but once you start acting, then the action of, choosing when to and not to act is all all political decisions Mm -hmm. and um and so we're seeing just kind of the introduction to that world here of you know by the u.s claiming neutrality there that's still a political involvement and as if that you know we're truly neutral there there are drones there and soldiers stationed and etc this is maybe we were talking about how this is kind of the the genesis chamber if you will, of a lot of the ideas that will grow into hideous monsters by the third act. If Superman is as American as it gets, if people are going to be upset or questioning what role he should play in the world, America did it first, right? This is kind of the upsetting thing for me as someone who is, I'm not super political uh, in, in terms of I'm Canadian, so I don't need to be like we're on a different scale, you know, compared to a lot of other countries. But the idea, if Superman embodies America, not just the idea of it, but what American values and what American, the American way is, that just means something different now than it used to. And that was, that's a question that I, I I have watched the movie with, um, Actually, I watched it with my dad and my brother-in-law, I remember, and they hadn't seen it and were entirely unaware of the dialogue surrounding it. It's always a great thing to yeah. do is watch something like that and be like, oh, you haven't witnessed the Twitter arguments over this. And they – I don't want to say they disliked it, but they were very – they needed a second viewing, I think, which I think is a very fair thing to say about this movie, especially as someone who doesn't yep. go into it familiar with everything. And I remember my brother-in-law saying that just didn't quite seem like Superman because Hmm. like, where's the truth, justice, and American way? Like when he thinks of Superman, he thinks of truth, justice, the American way. And and where is that in this movie? And it was really fascinating to me because what does that even mean? Yeah. Truth Um, depends on who you ask. Yeah. Justice. Yeah. What is justice? Justice for what? What does justice look like? What is, what is the American way? We are. (laughs) Yeah. Ask any. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, 2019 versus 2016, you're going to get a different answer on that maybe. But yeah, what, what does the American way mean? And that's exactly what this scene is dealing with. And all these things are talked about in the movie. Truth is, is a major theme. Justice is a, it's in the, it's in the title of the movie, Dawn of Justice and the American way. What is, what is the American way? Is the American way to go save everyone? Is it to save some people? Is it to, yeah. What, what is the legality of Superman flying into this country and blowing up a drone? I mean, 
you're getting in our way. We were sending someone into a civil war that we had pledged neutrality to in both policy and principle, and we were sending him in to identify this guy so we could murder all of them. Yeah. So, yeah, Superman standing for, for truth, justice, and the American way when he's a serial radio show in the 40s. You know, fighting for freedom. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was very clear that you punch you punch Nazis and you punch Hitler, and, you know, to, to mix my heroes there. And I don't know if Superman ever did that, but yeah. but that, that is a thing people would want him to do at the time. And it's very, it's very clean cut. You have clear villains, you have clear heroes, but you get into, you know, we are in the post Watchmen era here. What, what yeah. does that mean? And who does, you know, there is no one walking around in a Nazi. I mean, <laughs> I, I should, yeah. I should, I should phrase that maybe a little more vaguely. <laughs> um, you do not have Nazi soldiers <laughs> um, yeah. that are, that are stepping here to get punched. Yeah, exactly. What does that mean then in the absence of that? Oh, this is clearly the Nazi I'm supposed to punch. Yeah. What is, what does that sort of American way mean now? Yeah. And at the, you know, 1900, right? The dilemma was America must not become the policeman of the world, right? You, you yeah. end up becoming going searching, uh, for heading, what is it? Heading overseas in search of dragons to slay, right? Yeah. It's not about us anymore. It's about policing the entire world. And that is the embodiment of Superman in this world is what do you do when he physically can go abroad in search of dragons to slay? Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of a, of a post-Watchmen world, that's what you get with Dr. Manhattan in, in Vietnam. Yeah. Or in, in Watchmen, what, what Vietnam becomes the 51st state, right? Because you mm -hmm. just have this guy acting on behalf of the government um, who yeah. goes over and just does – whatever you know that there's that's a difficult conflict no worries we got a guy who can literally just take care of that and so do we command superman to do that on our behalf we were talking before the show about the brian singer superman and that i think the really the probably the one or the only scene i take away from that i shouldn't say the only but the the scene that i remember when i talk about that movie is when he takes Lois Lane up in the sky and asks, do you hear that? And she says, no. And he says, I hear everything. Um, there's also a, a five for fighting song about that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and listen to that a lot in, in 2005. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I always thought it's one of the more poignant points, um, poignant parts about Superman is that he is constantly aware of maybe not every threat, but, so more threats than he can possibly handle and how do you choose mm -hmm. which ones to solve and which ones not to just because you can solve it does that mean that they are better off when if you do solve it for them yeah now again this might be the years since 2016 may have shifted that but i can say unequivocally in the era of you know edward snowden and the kind of eruption of the nsa and Homeland Security and wiretapping around the world. I don't know if there is, if there was any more important American question. Yeah. When this Superman came out, then if we know all of this stuff is happening, how do we decide what we do and don't respond to? Mm -hmm. I think it is important when watching this minute of the movie that we are establishing, boy, if America didn't come across as the actual country Lois Lane believes it is yeah then there is a big injection of hypocrisy not to not to jump the gun here but ignorance in i assume lois lane is smarter than that 
right? Mm-hmm. You know, she, she knows that there is stuff going on that is not just what is said in the papers. And I think that Amajog responding by saying, I know and you know. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying you're lying. I'm saying these, these are pious American fiction spoken like truth. Not just like you, but they are spoken as truth when we all know that it's, it's a lie. And if that isn't enough of an emphasis, we are simultaneously cutting back and forth to that happening literally in this scene. Yeah. And what an appropriate, that's another one. I, I feel like the, the big lines that are taken away from this are, are ignorance, not the same as innocence. And um, men with power obey neither policy nor principle. And those get a lot of traction because they're, they're very quotable. But going back to that truth, justice, and the American way, and even like, like Zack Snyder said during the SnyderCon or the Director's Cut event that he did, sort of taking a shot at Brian Singer's Superman, is that you have truth, justice, and the American way. He says, whatever that means. I think means in, now, yeah. in, 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 um, in a Singer Superman, there's a, the Perry White, I think says truth, justice, and that other stuff. Yeah. And, and everything else or whatever he says. And when it comes to the interpretation of the Superman, you look at a scene like this and you see how not just important it is, but like how n- there is no way to present an, a Superman in this era without reconsidering what truth, justice, and the American way means. Those pious, the what pious American truth, tr- uh, fictions, fictions yeah. dressed up as truths. Yeah. Um, I think that call, that is possibly, that sounds like a Chris Terrio kind of mm-hmm. call out directly to challenge, you know, what does truth, yeah. justice, and the American way mean? And I don't even yeah. necessarily want to say the movie has an opinion on it. I think that there there is an opinion, but I think the movie is very good at, and it's sort of deconstruction, sort of more asking that we forget the, oh, truth, justice, the American way means this Superman is is happy-go-lucky and punches the bad guys and doesn't yeah. hurt the good guys in the process. Well, and that's it's it's one question begs another again, right? Yeah. Who? What makes the bad guy bad? We're introduced to this character. We 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 know none of what the conflict is. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you just copy paste that truth, justice, the American way from yeah from a, a golden age comic onto this, and it is it is grossly grossly out of place and and all this dialogue here seems to go directly to that point it's the funny thing too is that i need the mashup of superman flying in and blowing up drones and stuff in areas that the american government has pledged neutrality in with like a shot of the comedian saying what happened to the american dream you're looking at it it came true yeah we can just go wherever we want and do whatever we think is right yeah what i just said is simultaneously the definition of the kind of superhero we would want Superman to be. Yeah. And the kind of thing that the American intelligence service and military or any other country should absolutely under no circumstances get to do. Yeah. Because who determines, is it policy or principle? Men with power obey neither. Yeah. That is he referring to Superman or is he referring to the people that are listening in on this very conversation? Yeah. Well, I know we've talked about this for quite a bit, but to also avoid kind of jumping ahead, because I know we're going to talk about this exact same thing more in a few minutes. Yeah. But then the the question of uh, should Superman be an extension of the United States? He's as American as as it gets, yeah. right? But does that mean he should follow the direction of the United States? Should he act in their interest? What's yeah. more scary, a Superman that will go where he needs to 
and do what he thinks he needs to do to save the people that he thinks need saving or a Superman that first checks with the political interests of the country he's acting on behalf of before deciding whether or not it's worth saving people that need saving. Yeah. And that's a, you know, one question, one question begs another <laughs> situation. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a real testament to, uh, shortly after this movie came out, the political, I guess, developments, I'll say in, in both the United Kingdom and America, people started talking about how they had kind of insulated themselves around people who share their opinion. Mm -hmm. And that gives a false sense one way or another of what the reality of truth and justice and the American way actually is. This scene kind of starts that conversation of how could you ever define the, the things that Lois is speaking to? Yeah. How could anybody ever possibly agree on that? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like on a very fundamental level, you know, are you a terrorist? You understand there are as many people on both sides of that and you're not asking them. Like what, what is gained by asking me? I like to consider myself a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, um, it's an interesting question also because I think I've seen after just about every election that I've been alive for in America, but also it's something I think I originally picked up from my mom um, telling a story about, I don't know, the when Reagan won or I, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but knowing someone who was shocked at the outcome and saying, how did they win? I don't know a single person who voted for them. <laughs> And it's funny because like the elections, you know, without, you know, getting political or saying um, any which side. That's true of every election, but you right? Get, yeah. You get, you know, we're not talking about elections these days where the margins are like, like 70, 30 or something. Like most yeah. American presidential elections are like 51. Yeah. There's like a 1% divide. Yeah. And then, but you get people on both sides who are like, who are these people voting for this other person? It's like, well, it's, you know. I guess not half the country, but half the electorate um, mm -hmm. is voting for the other person. And then there's, so there's a big question of, so why don't you know those people? Yeah. Um, they, they exist and, and, and you are, so, you know, go, go figure. You, you start asking these questions about Superman, who is the embodiment of truth, justice and the American way. And what does that even mean? And then you get two groups of people who walk away from that and have different opinions on who Superman is you know, go figure. That's not really a surprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, well, I think we're, we're obviously talking about this at length because I think this is going to be connected back to later. Yeah. It's important to, to walk away from this minute saying, okay, the United States has been introduced into this story as neutral in this, in this situation in Africa. In both policy and principle. Yep. And, <laughs> The person who we are supposed to be not agreeing with says that men with power obey neither policy nor principle. And I guess the question we're left with is, who is he talking about? Yeah. Is he talking about men with power universally? And I guess, is that a bad thing or a good thing, depending on which side of that policy or principle you've happened to find yourself on? Yeah, well, and... I don't think I've noticed this until picking this this single minute apart as as long as we have here. We don't really get to know much about him. She asks him if he's a nope. terrorist. We know that the United States has some sort of interest in him, but we don't know why 
he's doing we don't know what he's doing or why he's doing it and i think that's maybe intentional it's meant to kind of speak more than any specific example could this is a fictional country this is a fictional conflict yeah exactly i think the fact that he is not in a the scene reads differently if he's in a military uniform right yeah yeah exactly we can ascribe a likelihood to to which side of this he's arrived on yeah or and and it taints the messages that he's he's giving also but because we don't we don't really know is he a brutal dictator who, or a warlord who is who who is taking over regions here, or is he a, a freedom fighter, or yeah, or is he a, a freedom fighter that maybe uses some more brutal guerrilla tactics that that he shouldn't, but it's on behalf of an innocent people group. Yeah, are, are these are these contractors here along with the soldiers a sign that outside powers agree with him? Like this this conflict has become an international one by proxy, or are they trying to to woo him implement to yeah. to further you know motives their own interests? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, um, and and those are all open ended questions. I yeah. think, yeah, like you said, intentionally, if he was wearing a military uniform, we'd be like, oh, so this is just a bad guy and forget him. Exactly. Yeah. He's, oh, this was a coup. He's detached from the people. Yeah. This is, and that's the funny thing too, is it would be, okay, is this the good guy or the bad guy? Yeah. And <laughs> the whole point of this is we're going to give you nothing except what he's saying. Yeah. And I guess at the end of the day, I, I don't think it really matters you know, the specifics of this, whether you would support him or his unseen opposition in this civil war, the whole, the whole point is the question that he is raising yeah. universally. He seems to be speaking about the world as it is today. Mm-hmm. It, it's probably for the better that they keep it vague because, again, this is not a movie about the Nairobi civil war. Yeah. And I guess, meanwhile, um, Jimmy doesn't have any film, so he's going to be in so much trouble for Mr. White. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, golly gee, Mr. White, the, yeah, the, he's gonna be so late. the KG beast mercenary tore up all exposed my film and my ex- film. Yeah, exposed it. And then I swear I had some good shots. Oh yeah. How, how could this get any worse for Jimmy Olsen? Yeah. Such a typical predicament for him to find himself in. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> we'll call that for minute 14. I guess we'll have to call this like the politics minute. Yeah. The first of. <laughs> Of a few here, uh, but I'm glad it's in the ultimate cut because I do think all of this stuff would be kind of unthinkable to to remove from a different superhero movie just because there would, by definition, be less of it. Yeah. I'll, I'll once again thank all of our listeners for for tolerating this. Again, I hope nobody bristled at any of the, the politics we're talking about. I, I think we're kind of speaking about the reality of like what the world surveillance state now is. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's almost – yeah, and it's almost impossible to bring up any of this without getting into a more charged conversation. But I think sure. I would like to think the way we talked about it, but also I'm a firm believer that the way the movie presents it is not really partisan. These are important questions no. that need to be answered. And I think in an idealistic setting, the well, the movie kind of approaches it from both an idealistic and a realistic stance and we get some more specific answers later in the movie but it's hardly it's hardly preachy or partisan in a way that i think taints it in any way yeah i think the the movie comes down in the the most neutral way which is <laughs> yeah right no one is neutral um <laughs> that comes down in the sense of this is the reality of how it is mm-hmm. now what do you do yeah in the face of that and obviously this movie is going to be too very different or two or three or four different takes on that. Well, and that's the benefit of a, of a character like Superman is he's 
sort of a canvas that you can make these idealistic statements about. And maybe if we're talking about the United States, it's not quite such an easy answer. But if we're talking about, you know, this yeah. fictional character of Superman who can do anything, it might be a little easier to come to a more principled result without having to worry about the, the politics involved. Yeah. And in this particular instance, uh, we don't really know where he is. He's yet to enter the pictures. So the Nairobi Civil War is obviously not on Superman's radar yet. Uh, well, that may change in the coming minutes, but, um, well, we have some more business with Jimmy to take care of before <laughs> that happens. So we'll set the stage for, for minute 15, a minute that will be certainly less uh, in depth discussion, I think. So the, this, these two episodes will, will balance out to a, a normal running time. But again, thank you for everybody for listening and entertaining us. And we hope that we have raised some thought provoking questions because it's about to get a whole lot more exciting. For one cast member, and that means the minute we have all been waiting for. Mr. Olson? Miss Lane! Miss Lane! Jimmy Olson, photographer. You! Come on, no, no! No! It's okay, Lois. Ila and Tuntarai and Nanakwa General. Ile Turagat Inna da Kagatana Tim. And, ah, shoot, what's the other one? Um, he says. Oh, Pitman with Power? Yeah, men with power obey neither power um, um, policy or principle. Policy or principle yeah, yeah. Um, gonna get a clean, a clean version of that. Is that that's in this minute, right? 